HBCU Pulse Radio yeah. on Sirius XM Channel 142 HBCU. You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life, talking about everything that's important to our culture, from on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio here on Sirius XM in the building for another special edition of the show on today, where it's Valentine's Day weekend out here in these streets. I'm single, so it's just a regular weekend for me, you know, but we're going to talk about love in college and if it's possible to find true love in college. We have our all-star panel back. We have Shelby, the co-host of HBCU Pulse Radio, CDK on the mic, the number one HBCU host, and he's the HBCU Pulse Radio culture contributor, and Horatio, he's the host of the Horatio Radio Podcast. I couldn't think of a better crew to talk about relationships and love in college. It's a very controversial subject that seems like we often talk about on the yard in the student center and whatnot. So I'm super excited to bring it to the radio so we can have a very constructive conversation. So I want to start off with this question. All right. I want to start off the conversation by asking you all, starting with you, Shelby, do we believe that it's possible to find true love in college in the 21st century? I do believe it's possible to find true love in college. You know, there's always stories about people finding their true love after college and all that good stuff. So I definitely do think it's possible. You know, there are a lot of options when you get to a college campus, but in all, I feel like you can. It is very much possible. Um, in my honest opinion, I feel like it's also possible. Um, but in my advice, I would say like more towards junior or senior year. Um, I believe that your freshman and sophomore year, you should choose to develop yourself um, and find out what you do and don't like. I think it's able for you to date, but a serious relationship, I feel like you should start to settle down. When you start getting around the age of 21, 22, um, or at least thinking about uh, that situation, just because when you're first not when you're first getting to college, as Selby said, there's so many different options when it comes to relationships and people of different walks of life that you may not have encountered while you were growing up. So it's the perfect opportunity for you to do that as you get older in college. Definitely, man. Um, I don't know about you guys, but maybe my situation is different, but I'm the product of uh, like a two generation HBCU kind of love connection. My grandparents met at Fayetteville State in the 60s and they got married. And my parents met at Virginia State in the 90s and got married. So for me, it was kind of expected for me to find somebody just because that's kind of how I Choose, you know, I, in my mind, that's how that's how you found a mate. Was you go to college, uh, HBCU, and you find somebody. I definitely think it is possible nowadays. Of course, there are a lot of distractions with social media, a lot of conversation going back and forth that could kind of distract us from, you know, the goal. But like CDK said, I think um, once you get into your senior year or you know your junior year, it's definitely great. And what I will say is, practice makes perfect. All right, what are you practicing? So what you don't want to be is have graduated from college and now you don't have no experience practicing a relationship, especially with somebody that's that, that's of your same race and that you have that commonality of the HBCU. So I definitely think HBCU time, you know, college time is a great time to actually practice. Of course, we're talking about marriage and a long relationship, but definitely just to be in a relationship, it's a great time for that. 
I love it. We're already opening the conversation with, with some great comments, but I got to follow up you on this ratio. So you have like, you know, that HBCU love in your family lineage. So, you know, when you got North Carolina A&T, like it was in the back of your mind that, man, when I graduate, I got to find somebody or did you just move around and say, hey, you know, maybe that'll happen. I think always in the back of my mind, it was like, is this going to happen? Of course, I'm going to find somebody. And I mean, I did. I found I have a girlfriend that I left from, you know, North Carolina A&T with that I'm still with now, um, and which is great. But um, it didn't happen to my senior year to, towards the tail of my senior year. But I kind of always was walking around um, imagining that. Now, of course, you know, the whole uh, stereotype of college is, you know, we're trying to move fast. We, you know, we meet new people. Like you said, we have a lot of options. But. I think that gets old after a while, um, you know, just, you know, the, the, the same thing, it gets old. And, and that's why I will say for my black men, definitely it's, it's very important for us to take the charge on that, um, being that, you know, this is the time for us to to kind of, you know, grow families. Like like I said in the last recording, the best um, exports that we have for HBCUs is the families that we create, is the professionals that we create. And I think that it, that needs to be nurtured in the minds of the students coming in. So I think that that's key. And speaking of family, uh, I found this survey by her campus in 2012 that concluded that most college women wanted to be married by the age of 30, which I thought was a very interesting number. And it was nearly 2,600 college women from 677 different colleges at that time in 2012. And the classes of these women were 2012 to 2015. So the folks that were surveyed are 30 now. I would love to see how many of these women are married. I would love love to see that because it's been a little minute. All right. But 85% said they want to be married by age 30. 46% said they want to be married by the time they were 25 to 27. And you have 20.9% that said they want to be married by the time they're 28 to 30. And 17.1% said they want to be married by the time they were 25. Now, the number that's interesting to me is the folks that said they want to be married between the times of 25 to 30. I'm like, really? Like, that's that's interesting. So, Shelby, you went to school from 2017 to 2021. So I want you to talk about this, right? So is that still the mindset of the college woman that, you know, you all want to build a family and be married on this time frame? I will say there is always that pressure of thinking that's what you're supposed to do as a woman in college. You know, we always, you know, some women, we have this set schedule in our head of when we feel like we should be married, when we feel like we should have kids, all these things. And then you listen to society, what society's telling you, well, you should be married by now, you know, things like that. But I do feel like there are some women this day and age that are worried about success, being in their bag, you know, and it'll come when it'll come. I do feel like that is a little bit more popular now too as well. So um, yeah, half of me feel like it is possible because, you know, again, we it's just the pressure of it all. Like you feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to be or you're not where you are supposed to be at the time. That could definitely be annoying. But I do feel like women now, they are successful. They're, you know, in their bag. They're not worried about that. And if it comes along, it comes along. So let me ask this, Shelby. So, you know, the notion of us being in our bag, I think that, you know, for a lot of us, you know, we're chasing success and we're not really trying to find that companionship, even friendship, not even just relationships, even friendship as we're on that journey. And, you know, I saw a video from Shannon Sharp recently where he was on his podcast talking with Chad Rosocinco and Chad asked him, what's your thoughts on marriage? And he said that he was so committed to chasing the dream and getting his family out the slums. He was trying to make it in football that he wasn't a good partner. He wasn't a good boyfriend. He wasn't a good father because he's chasing that success, but he regrets 
regrets that now because he has all this success and no one to share it with. So, like, do you think that we're chasing success in the bag too much versus really trying to find that companionship? I do. I do think that that is very true. You forget that you are human, that you do want to be loved. You do want to be in a relationship. You do want that companionship. But then you're just so focused on trying to win. You you don't have time to make that companionship with someone. So I feel like at the end of the day, your success is great. But you just have to learn, being in a relationship myself, you just have to learn that in a relationship, you are still individuals. So you can still go get the bag and have a great relationship. And you just have to understand that, you know, you're, you're both trying to make it. You're both trying to, ha- you both have an end goal. You both are just trying to do whatever to make it happen. So at the same time, yes, I do feel like this day and age, that is something that we forget. So I think we should segue into that because I know for me, I think that a lot of us in our generation, we're just so committed to grinding and chasing the goal. We forego any personal skills or any personal time because that's what's told to us. What's taught to us is, hey, you got to make these sacrifices to make it happen. But a lot of successful people look up and they're not happy because they don't feel whole because they don't have that family or that friendship and that love because they push that away to get the money or the success. So CDK, like I know, man, you're on the grind, you're on the journey. Journey. So, like, what is your take on that? Because we're young trying to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, do yeah. you think that we're moving too fast instead of building those real relationships? Two things. So, right now, I'm currently dating, but I'm not in a relationship. But I've been dating this person for a minute. My last relationship taught me um, the balance between that. Because before, when I was younger, I didn't have as much of a set schedule as I do now because I was, like, super, super, super in the grind mode because I didn't have anything. Now I have somewhat of something to where it's like I'm just building upon things that I've already laid the foundation for. But when I was in the stage of laying the foundation, I didn't have as much time. Now, what I work out now is that, like, say I get booked in, like, Miami or Houston, whatever case may be, most of the time those trips pay for. So I'll just have her come, and then we'll go do stuff during the day. And then I'll have my event for four to five hours and the rest of the weekend to devote to whatever she wants to do. Or we just go out and enjoy time together. So that way I'm also working, but it's kind of a vacation in there as well. So, But with my job, that's just how it's able to work. Um, now, before I, when I was just now coming up with hosting and stuff like that, I didn't have that luxury to do that. So that's just the way I, that I figured out that this can work now, or I'll take off Sundays and just, I have the luxury now of being able to kind of create my own schedule, but I will say the beginning of that stick to kind of being single if, if you can. Hey, I, I think you said something, CDK. I think you said making time for the people that you love and care about. I think that's a concept we all need need to, to really think about and really export from this show is that you make time for the people and things you care about. So I think that's great, CDK. You're doing a lot of great stuff with that in that regard, all right? So Horatio, like, what about you, man? You know, because like I said, you're chasing the grind. You're making it happen. You know what I'm saying? So do you think that in our generation, you know, that what really befalls us is that we're chasing success more than really trying to find that friendship and that companionship from each other? Absolutely. And I think I'm actually glad that we're having this conversation on this platform because I think it's more prevalent in black people are because I want us to be more intentional. And, and, and with my kids, you know, as my kids, and, and they're going to go to HBCUs, so I, I'm going to make sure that they're intentional, that, hey, look, especially especially my daughter, that, hey, this is a big pool of young black professionals. There is no other time in your life. I mean, and we can all attest to it because we've all graduated, that you're going to be around this many people with, with the same like mind. I would push for us to be more intentional 
about creating relationships because we kind of play the game a lot. We kind of worry about like distractions. We worry about who is going to pay for the meal. Is the lady submitting? Is are all these things that are not necessarily uh, important <laughs> you know, in our face. And also too, there was a TikTok that came out not too long ago of, of in, in December at a college graduation showing majority white and Latino women showing off their, their ring, their hand that they were married. Now, what I will say is these women have, like you said, Shelby, these women are, you know, professionals. They have their own careers. They obviously are graduating from college, but they have seemed to make the time to map out, to be intentional about, about relationships, about their family, about their future. So, Obviously, I think black people, we have kind of been groomed to kind of push each other away. And I really think that HBCU is the, is the, is the breeding ground for that. Um, because, I mean, how many families have HBCUs made? I mean, we can't even count. So I think that that's, that needs to be the forefront of it and not the games of relationships that we normally play. I think you said something so key because one thing that was told to me that I think is very true, and I tell the other folks that are in college that just left college, is that that time in college, not even just in HBCU, you're never around that many folks that are your age, that's going through the same things that you are, that look like you. That doesn't happen ever again. Your job can't simulate that. You know, your organization meetings can't simulate that. A homecoming for a weekend can't, can't simulate that. And that's a four-year experience. And then especially if, you get, if you're getting your graduate degree or, you, or your postgraduate degree, and some folks stay at the same school or they go to other schools. Like, that is an experience that I don't think we share enough and to be real i don't think i cherished it enough because i was chasing that journey and i was chasing that grind you know what i'm saying that's something that i deal with now but let's go back to college like let's go back to the college landscape and the college ecosystem do we really believe that the climate on today's college campus not in 2012 not 11 years ago do you believe that a kind of climate on today's college campus with social media with tiktok with everybody wanting to join organizations everybody wanting to be popping do you think that this climate right now is conducive to trying to find someone that you can marry and build a family with in this day and age so chef i want to start with you like do you think that we, you can do that in this day and age I think it's possible, but do I think that that is at the top of people's minds? No, I do not. The reason I say that is because it just seems like now, even when I talk to family members or friends that might be still in college or anything like that, it just seems like marriage is not something that they're thinking about at the moment. Like, it's just not that important anymore. It's not a priority. But, you know, I do feel like there are some people, I don't know, I feel like it's a very small amount of people that, you know, actually feel that that is something that they want to do. That's something that's the end goal for them. Like they have to be married at a certain age. I don't feel like people are really worried about it that much anymore. But you know, the problem is, is like, you know, Horatio mentioned, people are so worried about little things like who's going to pay the bill or when we go out to the restaurant or where is he at at this time or what is he doing? You know, it's just people aren't really communicating or setting standards in the relationship or just even at a talking stage, like what are we doing? So I feel like now it's, it's kind of like they're afraid to make anything happen or maybe they don't have hope that it could possibly happen. So let me ask you this. So building a family is important. And that's something that, you know, we're sort of taught that we want to build this legacy. So like, do you think that is wrong that even though at the time we're in college, we're 21 and 22, do you think that is wrong that we're not thinking that far out? No, I don't necessarily think it's wrong because it's okay to live in a moment and worry about now. That's fine. Like I said, some people feel like where they are at this moment in time, they're not worried about that. But when they get to that age, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Everybody doesn't feel that pressure. I'm sure that everyone wants to carry on a legacy and make sure they have that companionship with someone or make sure their kids understand what love is like. I'm sure that's true, but 
I don't think it's bad to think for right now and not five years later. Don't, don't go anywhere. Y'all ain't no one, right? Yeah. HBCU Pulse Radio will be right back after this commercial break. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse here. And listen, I got a couple questions for our students that are listening, all right? Our HBCU students around the nation. Are you tired of cooking, cleaning, and shopping for groceries every week? That's number one. Do you wish you had more time to just enjoy the campus, go to events, it's spring semester, go to basketball games, and most importantly, do your work? Listen, I understand. I was just in college a few years ago. So if you answer yes to any of those questions, then you need Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service that delivers fresh, chef-prepared meals right to your door so you can enjoy delicious food without spending hours in the kitchen. You want to know why? Because Factor's meals are ready to eat in as little as two minutes. I use Factor. It's definitely helped my schedule out a lot. And Factor is flexible with your schedule. I get so much done because I don't got to worry about stopping and going to get something to eat or trying to order something in. I can just go to Factor and get my grub on and make sure it's all good. And here's the thing with Factor. Sometimes you get bored with different foods. You go to the calf, the same food every day. Well, with Factor, it's not the same because there's so many options, 20 options every week. And listen, if you want to be healthy, you're trying to make sure you keep your New Year's resolution together uh, making sure the body is right before the summer. That can give you some healthy options as well. So listen, this is an amazing opportunity that you do not want to miss out on because you're going to save a lot of time and a lot of money and enjoy your days on campus like never before. So order factor today. And here's the thing. I'm feeling really generous today. So here's what I'm going to do. I got a code for you. Factormeals.com slash CPHBCU50. Use code CPHBCU50 to get 50% off your Factor order. At Factormeals.com slash CPHBCU50 and tell them the champion Randall sent you. Welcome back. back. Uh, in, in, in four, three, two, one. one. Radio, the heart of HBCU culture. So CDK, so I know for all of you all, I went to Fort Valley. Fort Valley, when I was there, we have like 2,500 students. I, mean, I know Albany State, you all have, you know, a, like a large population. North Carolina Auntie, largest HBCU population in the nation. So I, so it's so many diverse groups of people that you see, and it's like a new face you see on campus every day. So CDK, like, is it possible you know, in a climate such as that to really truly find that person that you're going to spend possibly the rest of your life with and build a family with in that environment? Yes and no. I feel like we just pushed the timeline back some, right? Most of our grandparents and some of our parents even got married or had kids way earlier, like around like the 18, 19, 20, like range. Like our grandparents, that was kind of the window um, of what things happened, especially if you're from the South. 
So I think now the whole like being married by 30, I feel like it's still like it's, it's been said, but I feel like with going to a larger HBCU, because you have so many options and so many walks of life that just come into your peripheral every day, but you're kind of just all over the place. And I feel like on the campus that we are now with social media, putting everything out there, everybody feels like they know each other and they really don't. So you can feel like you met somebody already before even seeing them or meeting them and have this perception of them in your head, good or bad. And that can kind of alter your decisions on whether you're willing to pursue um, a relationship with them or not, just based off of what you see and what you hear about this person and not even really know them. So I feel like that kind of deters people from wanting to get into a serious relationship. Horatio, same thing to you. So like, you know, do you think that in this climate, you know, it's possible to really find that true love? Yeah, but uh, like I said, I think you have to be intentional. At A&T, me and my friends used to always have a saying that if you see a girl that you find attractive, you need to say something to her right then because you're never going to see her again. That was our whole thing. You're never going to see the girl again. You may not, you're never going to see this person ever again. So you need to say something now. So and with that, you know, being intentional goes back to what, what CDK just said, right? You know, with social media and everything, human interaction is becoming less and less. You know, like you said, not only romantic relationships, but just friendship, just community, just just hanging out, being, you know, being with each other. Look at what we're doing now. You know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily have to be in the same exact room to communicate, and that limits communication, and that takes the sting out of approaching somebody. You know, it takes the sting out of just walking up to somebody and say, hey, how are you doing? And, you know, having eye contact, that, that whole thing, just because I can DM you, just because I can FaceTime you. So also, and, and going back to what you said as well, I think it's the difference between being uneducated and miseducated. So maybe us as a, as a community, we've been miseducated on using this time to create a family. But I don't think it's wrong, per se, because we're still trying to achieve some type of growth, but it may not be pushed in the right direction. We still want to um, achieve some type of black excellence or some type of generational wealth, but we have to understand that we have to have the family to have the wealth. So I think that's a big thing in it as well. It's like we have the the drive, but we need to make sure that's facilitated through the right way. And the best way that we can is through a family. It's through a relationship. It's through, especially at an HBCU. I mean, and I, I cannot say this enough for the people who are listening who are students. When you graduate, it's cold out here, man. It is freezing. I'm telling you, it's cold. You're not going to get the same. Every time I go back to a homecoming or I, I go to a game, they uh, everybody's thirsty. Everybody, I'm telling you, everybody's thirsty because everybody's like, oh, man, I could have, we was together, we was all together just a couple years ago, and I could have, but I didn't, uh, but, but now I'm at home, and it's cold, so now I'm, you know what I'm saying, so I'm telling you, take this time, like I said, it don't necessarily uh, got to be about marriage, I'm not married, but it's, it, it, it's practice being in a relationship, practice it, practice it, because especially with the people that you are around, because it's, it's going to be, it's going to add to your HBCU experience. So another thing you said is that social interaction has changed. And here's the elephant in the room that people aren't really looking at. We dealt with essentially three years of COVID. And then we were locked down for like a year and a half. So there's definitely been a change in how people have operated and how things operate and how we interact socially. Because I think for some of us, we sort of forgot how to cultivate that companionship because we were so distant. And then when you look at social media, like seeing these different images and folks that are in relationships and 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 we see people that, you know, we want to be like, we want to emulate their success. That does affect us because we try to go and chase what that celebrity is doing. We try to go and chase what he or she is doing that's more prominent in us and try to bring it to our lives. We're not at that level of wealth or status or power yet. And now that's ruining the relationships that we have because we're now in that same economic or social status. 
So I think that what you said is, is incredibly important because we got to realize that things are shifting and things are, are changing even from 11 years ago is we ain't deal with COVID when I was in high school. I'm glad. But let's talk about just the social climate of college, especially at an HBCU. And I've always wanted to talk about this. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a widely held notion that the most popular men and women on a college campus get the most romantic interest. Like the Greeks, you have the campus influencers, you have the sports players, and you see in media, the football players get all the women, the basketball players get all the, all the women. And even, you know, we, we talk about other colleges, we hear about the fraternities and the sororities, but at an HBCU, it hits very much differently when that probate happens. Cause I've heard a lot of people say that these folks wouldn't stab me before the probate. After that, man, they were all on me. So, Sharp, I want to start with you. Like, is it really, you know, a, a, like a true statement that once you achieve that notoriety, whether you're Greek, whether you're the social influencer, whether you just become this prominent, prominent orientation leader on campus? Like, is it true that you get more romantic interest? Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like we've all have probably witnessed, you know, maybe a friend that may be a Greek and you've seen it happen. Um, I think for us, us Greeks, we call it their neo stage because once they get all the attention that they really never got before, yeah, it, they get wow. So I definitely do feel like it's a thing. Some girls, they'll talk to a dude just because he became Greek. It's very simple, but it has happened. So I'm not going to lie and tell you that, you know, it doesn't happen. It's a real thing. And I think it's really sad because, you know, at the same time, you're really not getting to know that person because you like them because of them. You're getting to know them because they just crossed or, you know, what they look like now or all the hype and attention that they're going to get now. And it's sad, but it's definitely a real thing. Hey, listen, I, I agree. <laughs> I definitely agree. I've seen it, especially as the person that was documenting that. I've definitely seen it. And what I'll say, and I, and I want to just toss this to, you know, CDK and Horatio. What I'll say is that now, granted, I wasn't no player in college. I wasn't none of that. All right, I was basically the black Tom Brady. I was committed to the grind, okay? But <laughs> at the same time, like I, when I was the orientation leader, and especially being the different orientation leader that wasn't trying to talk to talk to nobody, I was sort of doing my job, make sure everybody was straight. That was a different level of interest that I perceived, especially that first year I was orientation leader, my sophomore year. And it was a little bit more notoriety, and that notoriety does feel good when you're being accepted and folks are looking at you different and talking to you different. So I can say that as black men, you know, when you're in, in, in a position of status and power, like it is a thing you do like garner more interest, not even in a, on a romantic level, just like that clout and notoriety. But CDK, like, do you do you really believe, you know, that if you're a popping campus influencer, that you really gonna get that pull and that love just because of that clout and that status? You're about to talk to CDK, the popping HBCU host. <laughs> All right. That's true. CDK can. The number one HBCU host right? yes, around the one. nation. Yeah, yeah, no, like, I'm going to Miami. She coming with me. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Rick Ross. You know what I'm saying? Here I am out here, man. CDK, like, listen, what, what do you say about this, man? So before I was doing all the HBCU hosts, I, of course, I was known for being a promoter. So um, HBCU campuses as well, depending on what demographic or what region your HBCU is in, promoters might run your campus um, rather than Greek life or sports teams. Because um, at a and like, the basketball players and football players are cool, but promoters at one point in time was really what it was. So it's more so like what you can give and what can they can what they can receive. If they're getting in the par uh, parties for free, getting in uh, events for free, same thing with Greeks. The Greeks are throwing functions and they're getting in everything for free and they're, they're making sure that you're having a good time. That's what's drawing the attention. It's like now I'm getting something from you. 
I mean, it's just more, and sometimes it's just getting social status. Well, what you think is social status, especially when you go to an HBC with largest ante, everybody has to do something if you want to stand out, pop, whatever case may be. But if you want to do other things or be a part of organizations that they're a part of or just be a part of the group they're a collective they're a part of um, when it comes to like promoters and stuff like that. So I feel like it's more so trying to elevate your social status is what it really is and not really on a romantic level. That's really what it comes down to, um, especially when you're younger, freshman, sophomore year, you get a lot of that. Once you become a junior, senior, you start to realize when these people graduate, or when I graduate, these folks not going to remember or care about you on a real personal level unless you did something to um, enhance your HBCU culture as a whole and created experiences with these folks. And that's the only time people are going to care about you for real. Absolutely. And I was going to I was going to add for me and Christian, me and CDK marched in the band. So for us, it was, you know, as far as the dating side, we were kind of pulling from those people who were in the band. You know, it's 200 some people. We're kind of pulling from that. But when I, both of us, you know, Christian probably before me, but when I at least um, started putting out videos and started getting traction, I did kind of notice, obviously, it's a, it's a push in more people that you see. So what I will say is as far as elevating your social status, especially for guys or women, definitely try to have something that, like Christian said, um, that you can add value to. Because not only just romantically, but people definitely buy into when they see that you can have, you know, add value. Being valuable is definitely the, the most thing that's important in, in, in whatever field that you're in. Obviously, we're in radio, we're in podcasts, and so that's where we showed our value. But you can show your value in literally anything that you're blessed to do. That's my suggestion to people is that when you go to a campus, definitely make sure that you shine your light so that people can definitely you know radiate to you. And, and then that can be business-wise, relationship-wise, romantically, whatever. You want to definitely make sure that, that you're putting yourself out there, especially in this time nowadays. You know, If I didn't get in front of a microphone, People wouldn't have seen my value. People wouldn't have seen, you know, what I can, you know, what, what I can bring to people. And then my girlfriend, who I'm with now, saw that, you know, she she noticed me from my videos. And that's how we connected. So that's a great example. But definitely make sure that, you know, when you go to an HBCU, that you're definitely bringing your talents to, to add to that, uh, to that community so that people can see what you have and people can know you for that thing. I love it. This was such an amazing conversation that I wish we could talk about, you know, for hours. Cause I know that's what I used to do when I was at Fort Valley in that student center. We'd be talking for hours about different conversations like this, you know, but we have to go on and go, but I really appreciate you all for really giving this information and really sparking this conversation that hopefully can continue because I believe that we have to evolve in how we treat each other. We have to evolve in how we look at relationships and we have to evolve in how we view each other. So I want to ask you all, like, where can we find you on social media? Starting with you, Shelby. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lotus Love, L-L-O-T-U-S, love underscore. CDK, where can we find you on social media? At CDK on the mic on all social media platforms. Horatio, where can we find you on social media and how can we listen to your podcast? Horatio Radio, H-O-R-A-T-I-O-R-A-D-I-O. Also, since we're talking to you know, the HBCU audience, I have the HBCU band podcast, Crank Up, which is every week. Um, we were talking about the greatest and the up and the latest in HBCU marching band culture. So you can always find that at Crank Up Pod on Instagram. I love it. I love it. So, of course, for HBCU Pulse, make sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at HBCU Pulse, Twitter and TikTok, the HBCU Pulse. And make sure to subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're on SiriusXM every week, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central. So make sure to tap in. But outside of that, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you on the other side, and we'll see you next week. Like what you hear? Uh. 
Yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.